Broadcasting live from the North Fulton Business Radio X studio, it's time for To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. To Your Health is brought to you by Morrow Family Medicine, an award-winning primary care practice, which brings the care back to health care. Hello and welcome to To Your Health. This is Dr. Jim Morrow. I appreciate so much you taking a few minutes to listen to what I have to talk about today, and I appreciate the fact that people still come in the office and say, hey, I listened to your podcast about this or that and had a question about it, and that sparks a lot of good conversation, and I really like it when that happens. So thank you so much. I know people have a, a lot that takes up their time these days, uh, so thank you so much for deciding that you wanted to listen to the podcast. Um, I am here in my office studio. And um, John Ray, my producer, is, I believe, in his work studio at the bank. It looks like, John, is that right? That's that's right. Uh, Renaissance Bank, South Main Street, Alpharetta, right here. Good, good. Yeah. John's uh, John's looking good. He's got a, 10 times more hair than I have, and he's got on a good-looking, burnt-orange-looking shirt there. You look good, John. You look young. This isn't burn orange. I mean, only a Clemson fan would call this burn orange. You you see burn orange everywhere, don't you? What color is that? It's kind of reddish. Oh, my God. Peggy says I'm colorblind, and now you're just going to give her fuel for that fire. So thank you so much. (laughs) Sorry about that, pal. And speaking of which, I should do a podcast on colorblindness. I've not done that. That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Write that down. Write that down. I will. So I was thinking about what to talk about today, and a patient came in the office the other day. We were talking about this, that, and the other, and I asked him if he had gotten the COVID vaccine, and he said, no, I didn't get the COVID vaccine. It's not a vaccine. And I thought, well, there's something we can talk about. So I wanted to talk today about vaccine myths versus facts. And... I'm not going to talk about all of them because it's a 30-minute podcast. It's not a four-hour podcast. Um, But there are just a ton of common misconceptions when it comes to vaccines. Uh, You you couldn't count them all. If If you find yourself trying to decide if you're in favor of or against vaccines, I hope this podcast today will give you some good evidence-based information to help clear up the confusion that you have. And I understand you might have confusion, uh, but it's important to talk to your trusted source uh, for healthcare, no matter who that is, whoever you trust, and you know, make your own decisions. So the first myth that I wanted to talk about is that vaccines don't work. The fact is vaccines prevent many diseases that used to make people very, very sick or die. And now that people are being vaccinated for those specific diseases, they're not common anymore. Smallpox. I had a smallpox vaccine. I got a scar on my arm to show it. And most people my age, probably all people my age did. And you don't see people with smallpox, thank heaven. Measles is another good example. Uh, Red measles, especially. Used to be a serious respiratory illness that affected children. But once the vaccine came out and people started getting immunized, now it's almost completely eliminated. We essentially never see measles. And I think anyone that does in a uh, uh, urban clinic environment most likely is probably going to see it in somebody that's an immigrant that hasn't been vaccinated. 
the vaccine helps your body build immunity to that particular disease. That's how it works. Immunity, of course, means you're protected against that disease. And for, in order for them to work properly, vaccines need to be given at certain times. That's because vaccines take anywhere from several weeks or a few weeks to a few months to create immunity in your body. And when they do, they create an immunity that's different from the immunity you get from having whatever that illness is. Typically, it's immunity that lasts longer. So if you or your children are, are interested in getting vaccinated, you should do it according to the schedule that your doctor provides you because it's, it's long proven and long studied how and when these vaccines should be given. Another myth is that vaccines are not safe. And this one for sure has come to the forefront with the COVID vaccine. Um, it, COVID came around at a time when people were very untrusting in general of certainly government, and also at a time when people have the ability to do, I can't call it research, what do you call it, to look things up online and make a decision that might be contrary to their better health. And so if you look at the number of people that have been vaccinated against COVID, it's over 200 million people now. But I tell people all the time, if you brought 200 million people together out here in my parking lot today, and you said to them, thank you for coming, come back tomorrow. Then tomorrow, when people come back, you don't have 200 million people. Because some people died that night, some people had car wrecks, some people developed cancer, some people had heart attacks, some people got who knows what. Although they weren't vaccinated and you brought them back. Now, if you'd vaccinated them the first time, you'd swear and declare that the vaccine caused whatever that problem was. And the truth is, it just didn't in the majority of cases. The vaccine safety is very important from the beginning to the end from the start of research till the time it's being given. And when a vaccine is developed, it goes through strict and detailed processes that are overseen by the government. And that's part of the problem people have with it, but the FDA is part of the government. And the FDA proves, has to prove that the vaccine's safe before it can be given to people. Now, typically that takes quite some time. There are phases people have to go, uh, testing has to go through, testing on thousands of people and very careful analysis of the data by scientists. And one of the problems people have with COVID vaccine was that it happened so quickly. And there are a lot of reasons for that. There's probably a whole nother podcast. But once the, vac the FDA decides the vaccine is safe, then the CDC and the FDA continue to monitor the vaccine over time as it's given to people. There's even a website where you can report adverse events related to vaccines, whether they were actually caused by the vaccine or not. If you got a shot, and something happened, you can go online and you can report that. And these people watch for a lot of different things, including how well it works, as well as what side effects might happen. Along with watching what happens when the vaccines are given, the FDA and the CDC also monitor the facilities where the vaccines are made. And that sort of goes without saying, you want it to be a safe, clean environment. So they do this to make sure they're being produced safely 
and accurately, and that what you believe is in the vial is in the vial. So another myth, and I hear this a lot, is I don't need vaccines. My natural immunity is better than any vaccination. Well, that's a real problem because when you're born, you have some antibodies that come from your mom, but for the most part, you're not immune to anything. And you can't be immune to COVID. Your natural immunity, quote unquote, doesn't exist to something like COVID. If you're a 28-year-old person and COVID emerges into the world, your natural immunity, quote unquote, doesn't do you any good because you don't have any natural immunity to that. Now, you might have, you might be able to say that you don't get sick very often and that kind of thing. And I've never been killed in a car wreck, but I wear my seatbelt still. So that kind of thing just doesn't matter. What's important is that you assist your immunity and your immune system in recognizing infections before they get the big, big problem. And that's what the vaccine helps you do. The vaccines are much safer and they're much easier to get than any of these illnesses that they're designed to prevent. And I'll probably say this again in a minute, but I wanted to be sure and say this today, which is that all vaccines don't just prevent the infection. All right, vaccines like COVID vaccine, for example, prevents severe illness from COVID. Now, I have to tell you, I think it was sold very poorly when it first came out. They made it sound like you get the vaccine, you never get COVID. That was never the expectation of the scientists. And it's not the truth, because if you get the vaccine, you can certainly still get COVID. I've been vaccinated several times, and I've had COVID three times. So that's just not the case. You can still get it. But everybody over there in Northside Hospital that has COVID and is in the hospital because of COVID is unvaccinated or not fully vaccinated. So you do need them. Your natural immunity doesn't help you in regards to something like this. Another myth, vaccines include a live version of the virus. Now, this used to be the case for flu vaccines. I was having a conversation this morning with somebody that didn't want a flu shot, not interested in a flu shot. Last time they got a flu shot 30 years ago, they were sick as a devil for five days. And that absolutely came probably from the flu vaccine, because back then, the flu vaccine was a weakened version of the virus. And nowadays, it's a bunch of genetic material that is, doesn't even have virus in it. It just gives you what you react to so you can react without getting the infection. So that's not the case now. Uh, diseases are caused either by bacteria or viruses, typically. You've got to throw funguses in there, but there's no vaccine for a fungus. And vaccines trick your body into thinking you have the infection, which makes you create antibodies and other forms of immunity so that when you are exposed to the actual infection, you can fight it off. Some vaccines have what you, I guess, would refer to as a, a pretend version of the infection, but your body thinks it's a real infection. It wants to protect it from that. So you create the antibodies. Antibodies are, of course, the things that fight off infections in your bloodstream and in your body. And once your body gets rid of this pretend infection, the antibodies stay. And that's why the injection or the vaccination is better than just getting the illness. Because these antibodies, you can make cells that remember 
oh, I recognize that. I saw that before. And they can make new antibodies even after your antibody level falls. And they make you immune against that particular disease. So in the midst of this, I wanted to take a second to let you know that Mara Family Medicine is, of course, now Village Medical has been for two years. Uh, we're very excited about being part of Village Medical. And I'm especially excited about the fact that even with this change, uh, the practice was still voted the best of Forsyth for this past year. That is quite an honor. Uh, and especially an honor since every year that they've held that contest, nine years now, uh, the practice has won the best of Forsyth. And the people that I work with here every single day, I can promise you, are the best that I've seen. And they are giving their best every single day so that you can be well. Uh, we encourage all of our patients to call us anytime they have problems or questions don't ever hesitate to call, leave a message on our nurse line. Someone will get back to you, send a message through the portal. Someone will get back to you. We want you to communicate with us when things aren't right. If you're not feeling like you think you should, you pick up the telephone, you call the practice. And we have someone available on call, of course, 24 hours a day uh, for emergencies. So don't hesitate to give us a call. We can only help you when you tell us you need that help. So another myth related to vaccines is that vaccines have negative side effects. Now, to a degree, it's true because everything you put in your body can have a side effect. Uh, most of the time, the doctor will tell you to expect some minor side effects. You might have a sore arm. You might have fatigue, body aches, that kind of thing. But you're not going to get one of these vaccines, any vaccine, and develop cellulitis in your leg from the vaccine. It doesn't happen. You know, you need to try to use a little common sense when you're thinking about the vaccine you got, where you got it, and what kind of problem you're having. So you also need to measure the side effect that you might get against the infection itself that you might get. And yes, one you're kind of asking for, you're saying, please give me this vaccine, and I'm going to have body aches and a headache and a rash around the red, a red, red rash spot around the, where the vaccine went and that kind of thing. But that's better than whatever illness is you're trying to prevent. If you get a severe issue after getting a vaccine, call your doctor. Of course, if it's severe enough, you go to the emergency room, you call 911, you do what you're doing in your other situation, but you should let your doctor know if you really do feel like you had a bad reaction to a vaccine. That's important is how things get better. That's how we can help vaccines be better. Another myth, and I probably should have started with this one because it's been around probably longer than any other one, is that vaccines cause autism. Vaccines do not cause autism. There's proof now that vaccines do not cause autism. There was a study published more than 20 years ago that first suggested that vaccines caused autism. And that study has since been proven false. Uh, researchers have studied vaccines and autism that just more than any other connection between vaccines and anything else. And they found no link between the two. What they have found is a gene that's linked to autism. 
which means that children with autism have a specific gene from birth that will cause some degree, some form of autism. Now, the timing is what made people think that vaccines were causing autism because autism symptoms don't emerge typically until a child gets a little bit older and children start at age two months getting vaccines and, and multiple vaccines every couple of months. And so you do that and do that. And all of a sudden they're autistic and you think, well, there must be a link and it's just been proven not to be the case. So please don't tell people that's the case because it's not, don't, don't prevent yourself or your family members from getting vaccines because of that. It's not something that you need to be concerned about. Another myth is that you shouldn't get a vaccine if you're pregnant. And actually, the opposite is true. The CDC recommends that pregnant women get the vaccine for diphtheria, tetanus, and whooping cough. The vaccine for, and those all come in one injection, it's not three different shots. And that's really become more important lately because as time has passed from people like myself, I'm 68, I got my last. Uh, pertussis or whooping cough vaccine in conjunction with these others many, 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 many years ago. And what we found is that over time, the immunity from these vaccines to pertussis or whooping cough is waning so that people are starting to get more whooping cough later in life. Well, brand new babies don't have immunity to whooping cough and the disease whooping cough in an adult is a nuisance, but in a two-month-old baby, it can be deadly. So if you find yourself uh, having children, or I see this a lot with grandparents, the expectant mother is not going to let you in the same zip code as that child if you haven't had an updated whooping cough vaccine. And it comes with tetanus built into it and diphtheria, which I don't know the last time anybody saw diphtheria, but has tetanus built into it too. So that's a good time to get a tetanus booster. You get your whooping cough, and then you can go hold that beautiful little baby. But they're not going to let you near it without one, I can promise you, because the OBs are beating this into them that you just can't expose this child to whooping cough. Another one is, I don't have to tell anybody if I choose not to get vaccinated or to have my child vaccinated. It's none of their business. I don't have to tell anybody. And that's not true. If you choose not to vaccinate your child, you need to tell certain people. You should tell your doctor and other medical professionals. They need to know so they can be on the lookout for conditions that they might not see in others. So that's very important. And also daycare, school. School's very important because kids are all there together. And if someone's not vaccinated, somebody needs to know this. And vaccines are required for a lot of activities, uh, school especially, college, that kind of thing. And even sometimes travel will force you to get a vaccine. And, of course, they can't force you to get the vaccine, but you just decide not to travel if you don't get it. And that's not very common, but it's still out there some. Uh, in some parts of the world, you can't go there if you've not had a certain vaccine. And there are a lot of good reasons for that. So pay attention to what the CDC site tells you about your travel. And if you have to get a vaccine, do it. If you go to college, they, they'll tell you that the meningitis vaccine is optional, and I can tell you right now, you need to be sure that your college-age kids get the meningitis vaccine because that is where you find meningitis. I'm talking about bacterial meningitis, which is devastating, and you see that in 
areas where lots of people gather together for long periods of time, a college dorm, military barracks. This is a big deal. So if your child's going to college, be sure they get that meningitis vaccine. And John, I guess I'll cut it off there because like I said, I could probably talk four hours about vaccine myths and what people say about them, but that's pretty much what I got for right at the moment. Okay. So while I'm sorting out questions, <laughs> I'm sorting through the, I'm throwing away the impolite ones. We'll call them. Um, so, um, yeah. Um, and y'all can go back and do your things on Facebook or wherever you want to do them, but you're not going to do them here. Um, um, but give everyone where they can send their questions. So, because we do take questions for Dr. Morrow. And, uh, so let, let everybody know where they can send their questions. So if you do have either questions or topic ideas, we would love those as well. You can send those to, to your health MD at gmail.com. That's the best way to send them. I think. Got it. So, um, here's one that, um, I think is a good one. I know I've had this one before, uh, this question before, can I delay a vaccine and, um, maybe, maybe you're sick or maybe that's a good reason to, or is maybe that's another way to get at the question. Is there a good reason sometimes to delay vaccines? Sure. There, there certainly are. And being six, Obviously, one of them, I mean, the vaccine could give you low-grade fever and body aches. And if you already have some illness that's given you anything like that, you don't want to get a vaccine because then you can't tell if you're reacting to the vaccine or not. So illness is probably the biggest reason uh, not to do that. Or upcoming events, people don't want to get a particular vaccine if they've got to do something in three or four days and they don't want to feel sluggish and stuff. So that's okay. And sometimes they get delayed for a multitude of other reasons availability, uh, access, that kind of thing to care. So the answer is yes, you can delay a vaccine. Now, most of these vaccines say you want to get, you know, this vaccine and then two to six months later, you want to get the next, uh, injection, the next, uh, booster, if you will. If you don't get that in that period of time, get it as soon as you can. We thought for years that if you didn't get the vaccine, like the hepatitis B vaccine is, times zero and then one month and six months. And we thought for a long time, if you didn't get that six month, you had to start over. Well, you don't, you just eventually you get that one. So you can delay them. It's better not to obviously, because the sooner you can get immune to these things, the better, but if you do need to, for whatever reason, you can delay a vaccine. Got it. So, uh, you mentioned the meningitis vaccine for college age, uh, young adults, that brings up the question of just what vaccinations do you need as an adult? Well, there are several. Actually, as as an advanced that. adult, like you and me are. <laughs> well, like you. <laughs> um, so as an adult, uh, you do want to get the diphtheria, tetanus, and whooping cough vaccine about every 10 years. So you want to do that. Uh, a flu shot. The flu vaccine is very important. You should get that in October. And you should get that every single year. There's a pneumonia vaccine that prevents not pneumonia per se, but a particular type of pneumonia caused by this really vicious bacteria. And you should get that. That's now been really refined and it's down to a one and done, thank heaven. So that's a one shot thing after at least 65. 
you should get that. And then the COVID vaccine, most people have gotten uh, one or more of those. Uh, and as time goes on, I think we're going to probably be a yearly thing with COVID. That's still up to debate. But that's one that you should have if you're interested in not having a bad outcome from that. And that's probably the majority of them. Well, what about shingles, though? I didn't say shingles. No, you missed missed shingles. And since I had shingles before the vaccine, it's on my mind. I still remember how bad shingles was. Can you edit that out so people don't know that I forgot it? So, yeah, shingles vaccine is very important, too. After the age of 50, mm-hmm. uh, there's a, there was an old shingles vaccine that people got, and it turned out not to be that great. There's a brand new one called Shingrix. It's two shots. It's actually the one I was talking about when I said time zero and two to six months later. So it's two shots, and you absolutely should get that. That's a vaccine. It, it might even cost you a couple hundred dollars even with insurance. But I'll promise you that if you got one of these really bad outbreaks of shingles you would shell out five hundred dollars to get rid of it so two hundred dollars is not bad Uh, uh, yeah the shingles vaccine thanks john thanks for making me look like a clemson graduate or something (laughs) you're doing fine pal well you know and just remind folks we've got a whole i can't remember the episode number but but we had a whole episode on shingles and the shingles vaccine so if you want to know more you can check that out so so um here's a Here's a really good question because some people, because of life circumstances, they don't have their records as children. Um, so, how, you know, how can they find out if they've had certain vaccines that you would get when you're in childhood? That's a great question, John. And records are a big problem. And luckily now in Georgia, there's a statewide database uh, called GRITS. And don't ask me what it stands for, but it's Georgia rips i don't know what it stands for but anyway it's where you can go online and find out what vaccine people have had at least in modern times not back from when you and i were in school you know going to school with the woolly mammoths and stuff (laughs) but current day children in school that database will always be there and they'll always be able to know but everybody like you said doesn't have those records and they don't know so if you need to know if you have had hepatitis b vaccine then there's a blood test you can do to see if you have that particular type of immunity to hep B. And a lot of the other vaccines, the same thing. Uh, Some of the vaccines, if you're not sure if you had them, they're simple enough and benign enough. You just get it again. Mm -hmm. But hep B is a three-shot vaccine. You don't want to do that if you don't have to. So you can do the blood test for several of those and be sure whether or not you do have that immunity that you would have gotten from the vaccine. So one question, this is my question. If, if I can, uh, pass this one on. So, um, if 200 million people have gotten the COVID vaccine and the COVID vaccine causes mass death and illness, why haven't we had mass death and illness in the United States? Well, we have had, well, I mean, because of, because of of all these people getting the COVID vaccine, I mean, if the mass death from the vaccine, from the vaccine. Oh Yeah. I mean, would, would, wouldn't we? Because it doesn't. Oh, okay. I was just curious. <laughs> I, I would think. Yeah, that- it's, it's, it's as, as benign as any. But and like I mentioned, you know, the state of the world, basically, um, now when someone gets a COVID vaccine and, I mean, anything happens to them, it's because of the vaccine. Right. Right. And. And there's somebody out there online 
that they can find that will reinforce that for them. There's some people in this county, some medical professionals in this county that will reinforce that to them. Mm. And it's malpractice in my opinion, mm. but you know, what are you going to do to each his own? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Very That's, good. Well, I love your burnt orange shirt. I think it just looks great <laughs> in your studio there. And I'm glad you wore it today. Clemson's color is not burnt orange. That's Texas, by the way. Oh, and you look, you look good, Mr. Longhorn. Oh, well, thank you so much, but I'm, I'm sticking with pigs team. There you go. You do that. So for now, that's to your health.